most of us will go through many, many pets and we'll sadly lose them. And we go through grief. And unless someone's lived with an animal, a pet that's that close, they do not feel the bond and they can't truly empathize with the grief you go through. And there are steps that you really need to go through to deal with it. Talking with people about how to have a great retirement. This is the Rock Your Retirement Show. We don't talk about money, but we talk about almost everything else you need to rock your retirement. Now, here's your host, Kathy Klein. Welcome to Rock Your Retirement. This is the show where we talk about retirement lifestyle. And it's so funny. <laughs> I've been going back and forth with Vaughn Brashler, and he is just a dear to come on the show and talk about dealing with pet loss. He's the author of the book, Natural Pet Healing, and also a Kindle book, Healing with Your Pet, Our Psychic Spiritual Connection, which is based in part in his four-year popular podcast, which was called Healing with Your Pet. And now he rescues cats, and he's volunteered as a dog walker and a groomer for the Humane Society. I mean, he's just an all-around good guy. So Vaughn, welcome to the show. Well, hi. Thank you very much. Well, I'm so glad that you came on the show. You know, what I have found is that we love our pets like family. And when I found out about you, I just had to have you on the show. So you've been working with pets for a long time, right? Yes, I have for many years, cats and dogs. I'm also a pet massage therapist. <laughs> a pet massage therapist. I've done horses and I've done uh, rabbits and ferrets. Of course, cats and dogs, and it's all good. They're very good patients. They have a lot of patience. They're the perfect patient. You know, I saw a show, oh gosh, I don't remember the name of it, and I think it was in a foreign language, and it was this little kid, he was maybe nine or ten, and they had a bunch of animals, and basically he put them to sleep. They called him a hypnotizer or something. Have you? Did you see that? No, I didn't, but I kind of know that because I think that if you sing to your pets, that sounds a little silly to some folks maybe, but I sing to my pets because number one, there's nothing more enchanting to your pet than your voice calling their name. So I make up little songs and put and throw their name in and you can get them very, very relaxed and happy. And it's true. We really do bond with our pets like never before. It's getting bigger and bigger. And seniors know this because, well, they're our companion animals. That's right. Because a lot of times we're living alone and there's not someone to just turn around and talk to. So now it's nice that we can talk to our dog or our cat or our potbelly pig or, in my case, a bird. My listener's probably hearing him in the background. Oh, yeah. They sing. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's so funny. He's a Moluccan cockatoo, and I don't know if you know oh, what that is, but... I hope we hear him chirping in, oh. getting his two cents in. Yeah, he doesn't chirp. <laughs> <laughs> he shrieks. I know, I know. <laughs> he does, and he's actually behind soundproof glass. They can get pretty loud, but the thing is, with him... He has been my companion since 1990, and so much, much longer than a dog or a cat or even a horse will live. So what do you do? That's an important consideration. We are um, living with our pets in the human-animal bond. It's much stronger 
than in past generations. It's getting bigger and bigger. Do you know that in this country, approximately 60% of all people actually sleep with their dog or cat? I'm sure some people have their birds sitting or their, or their, or their ferrets sitting on their bed, but they are allowed to sit on the bed. And why? Because we're very close to them. I mean, we have a bond that goes beyond just feeding them. I mean, we take care of them. They take care of us. It's a empathic healing bond. I talk about that a little bit in my book, but it's true. People who live a long time with pets and really bond with their pets and stroke their pets, and and talk with their pets. They tend to be healthier and live longer, and so do the pets. Let's look at it this way. The most popular names for dogs and cats in the United States are no longer Fluffy or Spot. They are in this order, Max, Sam, Ginger, Misty, Jake, Samantha, Maggie, and Charlie. These are like children's names. They become like our family. And we can tell them our secrets, and they can sit on our lap and and completely unwind with us. And it is the closest bond that some people will ever have. What do you think changed where pets really became so close to us? What do you think changed in our society? As we got more urban, there were more people who took their pets off the porch and out of the back shed and off the tether in the backyard, and they brought them in the house. They became members of the family. Now they jump up on the sofa and they sleep on your bed and they do pretty much whatever they want to do. At least mine do. (laughs) It's a whole different world. We live our lives with them. As we share our homes, we share our lives. And the unfortunate thing is we'll lose the pets because a dog or a cat, even a horse or many birds, ferrets or rabbits, whatever you have, they don't live all that long. Now, if you have a parrot or if you have a turtle, there are exceptions. They live long, long lives. You have to account for that and prepare for when they're going to need a new keeper and find that for them. But most of us will go through many, many pets and we'll sadly lose them. And we go through grief. And unless someone's lived with an animal, a pet that's that close, they do not feel the bond and they uh, they can't truly empathize with the grief you go through. And there are steps that you really need to go through to deal with it. We had a lot of people on my old podcast that would describe how they would go about it. And there are steps involved. And everybody should think about preparing for the eventual demise of your pet. So what are some of those steps? Well, you need to um, take a lot of pictures and keep like a book. The best way of all is to keep a book just like you would with children or members of your close family or your nuclear family. You want to have pictures of them. You want to keep their little collars. You want to keep their tags and little ribbons, whatever you have, and keepsakes. And so you celebrate their life, and then you can review the pictures. But there's no doubt about it. When they leave, it's devastating because they are probably closer to us than most people have ever been. They're everything to us. They're our little loved ones. And so you have to be ready for that time and surround yourself with people who are also sympathetic. And they'll, you'll begin to send sympathy cards and call each other and to actually go through a little grieving period. I think it's good to have a little ceremony. It doesn't have to be formal. They have actually started pet cemeteries, you know. Right. Yeah, people will keep little imprints of their pets, their paws or something. 
I just frame pictures and I put them on the wall. So I always remember them because they're always in your heart. But you really need to go through the grieving process. And for a lot of people, it's very hard to start over again. I always advocate having a companion animal because it's good for them, good for your pet. And it's also good when they leave, you have the other one. Speaking of that, when you have two, so I have a friend who had two poodles and one of them recently passed and the other one is grieving. What do you do about that when your animal is grieving? Well, you have to sympathize with them and, and you know, there'll be two of you to, to lean on each other. That's really not a bad thing. It's a good thing because you're going to go through it together. Pets also grieve when their human companions will die. They will grieve. You just have to go through it. Now, I've for a long time had a hard time replacing dogs who would pass. And the dog who would pass, and I would say, and many people will think this too. When you lose a pet, you say, I just can't go out and get another. I just can't replace them like a can of coat or a pair of gloves. It's not that same thing. But if you think about it, the spirit of the bird or the spirit of the the dog or the spirit of the cat lives in each one of them. And no, it won't be the same, but there'll be a little bit of them in the next one. Uh, you'll, you'll see it. And of course, a lot of people will think too that in time, our pets tend to come back to us. I don't know if your listeners believe in meta, uh, reincarnation, but many people, I had a cat who passed away. And about two years later, I had another cat looked about the same and it just showed up. It was, it was a stray. And I took it downstairs where I lived in the basement. That's where my bedroom was. And I had a cat door built into a window. Now, it took many of my cats a long time to figure out how to use it. This cat knew right away. He knew all the good places where all the toys were. It's almost like he'd been there before. That is so weird. <laughs> Wouldn't count it out, you know, that they would come back and, and visit you. Then there's another thing that people should think about. There are support groups in almost every major city now for pet loss, and you can look them up. That's helpful to join, a, uh, even just to visit online, but to go in person and meet with other people and share your grief. That's good. That's good. And the other thing I think is, especially with seniors, age-appropriate animals, because if you're quite elderly and your health isn't that good, and you adopt a little puppy or a kitten, certainly a new parrot, golly sakes, you are probably not going to live through that animal's life and you need to think about what comes next. So I know that AARP and there are other groups, if you go online or in the phone book, you'll find there are places that will help seniors adopt age-appropriate pets. Now, AARP even has a program where you can get some coupons to go and, and get a, a new pet. And it's good to go to a shelter and get one that really needs a home and will really cherish having a home. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the shelters. I happen to have two shelter dogs. And my husband and I got these dogs on purpose for a couple of reasons. One is we wanted to know what their personalities were. And we did not believe that you know a puppy's personality. They're all cute. And second of all, in our stage of life, we did not want the whining, the chewing, the crying. We didn't want all that. I don't understand why more people don't adopt. It just makes so much sense. 
They are wonderful. And yes, you can get pure breed dogs if you have a certain hankering for a certain type of animal. You can go and find one. You won't get the papers, but you'll get a pure breed dog or cat. Well, we believe that one of our dogs is a purebred, either a Havanese or a Lhasa Apso. Yeah, very likely. Yeah, and people stop us all the time and say how beautiful she is. So yeah, you're right. You don't get the papers, but unless you're going to breed your dog, who cares? And if you go to something like the Humane Society shelters, for instance, you say, you know, obviously I'm not a young person. I want an older pet that I can identify with. And their temperament will blend with yours, as you suggested. And you won't have this problem where just when they get out of their adolescent stage, they lose their human companion. Well, you know, it was funny. The other day, my husband and I, we saw a couple of our acquaintances that are in their Oh, they must be in their late 70s, early 80s. And they came with a brand new, it wasn't a puppy because they got it at the shelter, but it was under two years old. And so puppy-ish. And it was a Jack Russell. (laughs) They're cute. Well, you know, that's perfectly fine. For an 80-something years old? I don't know if that's age appropriate. Those dogs have a lot of energy. They probably will not outlive their pet. No, I'm not talking about outliving. I'm just talking about the energy that a Jack Russell has. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There are live wires, no doubt about it. But maybe that's what they want. Maybe. I don't know. But you have to think of the consequences. I think it's really important to find people who will commit to being like godparents, that they will vow to take charge of that animal and take it into their home and into their lives should you go first. That's important. Absolutely. You know, our parrot, we have in our estate plan with some money. Oh, yeah, because the parrots live a long life. Some animals do. But don't tortoises live longer, though? Don't they live like 150 years or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you have to think about that and be careful, you know, and get somebody you can really count on and Shoot, if you want to, even have adoption papers. I've gone that far. Oh, wow. Why not? Draw them up yourself. And they sign and you sign. I don't know how legal it is. I suppose (laughs) you can get it notarized. But it tells them that you really care. And there's certain things that you want to pass on to them. You can do it in writing as to the care of the animal, medications it needs or something, or, or veterinary care that's required. Pass along all that information to someone else. You do it with your children. Do it with your pets. That's a great idea. Thank you for that. Is it time for a pantry makeover? Hi, my name is Lisa Woodruff, and I'm a professional organizer and productivity expert. And my question to you as you rock your retirement, is it time for a pantry makeover? I want you to think about what are your favorite foods and anyone who is full-time living in your house with you. What I think you'll find is a lot of the things in your pantry are things that your children like to eat or things that you serve on a seasonal basis. But your pantry should really only have your everyday foods in there. So make a list. What are your favorite seasonal foods? And what foods do you typically serve for family and friends? And then think about how often you have the family and friends over. Have your pantry reflect how you daily use your food. Declare a pantry amnesty day and clean it out. Donate all of your unexpired foods that are not daily loves to a local food pantry and start over. 
Check out the Organize 365 podcast for more on how to get organized as you rock your retirement. Hi, this is Melissa Ramos from Sexy Food Therapy, and you are listening to the Rock Your Retirement Show. Okay, now I want to go back to the steps to help with grieving. So I just want to repeat them back to you, and you can tell me if I've missed anything. Take lots of photos and make a book out of them. Keep collars and tags and keepsakes. Celebrate their life. Surround yourself with sympathetic people. Allow yourself to grieve. And it's easier to grieve if you have another pet to help you. You can attend a pet loss support group either in person or online and have age-appropriate animals to begin with if possible. I think so. I think that covers it. And a lot of people take comfort in the fact that we'll see them again, our pets. A lot of people believe in this anonymous poem that's been around 100 years. Maybe you've heard of the Rainbow Bridge. The pets go to the Rainbow Bridge and we meet them at some point. It's a wonderful thing. That is so wonderful. You don't have to happen to have that handy, do you? I do. Would you like to hear a little of it? It's not very long. It's an anonymous poem. I'd love to hear the whole thing. Yeah, sure. Let's hear it. Oh, wait. Do we have to credit the author? Do you know who who the author is? The author is unknown. It's been anonymous for 100 years. Okay, let's hear it then. The Rainbow Bridge. Just the side of heaven is a place called the Rainbow Bridge. When an animal dies that has been especially close to someone here, that pet goes to the Rainbow Bridge. There are meadows and hills for all of our special friends so they can run and play together. There's plenty of food, water, sunshine, and our friends are warm and comfortable. All the animals who have been ill and old are restored to health and vigor. Those who were hurt or maimed are made whole and strong again, just as we remember them in our dreams of days and times gone by. The animals are happy and content, except for one small thing. They each miss someone very special to them who had to be left behind. They all run and play together, but the day comes when one suddenly stops and looks into the distance. His bright eyes are intent. His eager body quivers. Suddenly he begins to run from the group, flying over the green grass, his legs carrying him faster and faster. You have been spotted, and when you and your special friend finally meet, you cling together in joyous reunion, never to be parted again. The happy kisses rain upon your face, your hands again caress the beloved head, and you look once more into the trusting eyes of your pet, so long gone from your life, but never absent from your heart. Then you cross the rainbow bridge together. Oh, that's really sweet. It's a pretty sentiment. It is. Thank you so much. Well, I know it's my dream that when I pass, whatever happens to me, that I do get to see all my pets one more time. That would be wonderful. That is sweet. Well, you know, I believe that there's no tears in heaven. So regardless of whether you believe in God or reincarnation or whatever your beliefs are, I happen to believe in Jesus Christ, but I believe that there's no tears in heaven. So I think that I will somehow know or reunite with my pets after I pass. That's my belief. (laughs) Yes. And all my friends have a St. Francis statue in their garden. Francis playing with the pets. That is so sweet. So is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? Well, if they want to contact me about anything, I'm always willing to listen. Is your podcast still available? You can find some of it. You could look up 
various themes online and find some of them. I think the Rainbow Bridge is actually somewhere around. You look up Healing with Your Pet, and you'll find various programs that have been preserved by. We went out to a lot of different places that played them, so they're here and there on the net. But you can go to Facebook.com, V. Brashler, V. B-R-A-S-C-H-L-E-R. And where can they buy your books? You've got two books out, right? Yeah, I have a hardcover book, Natural Pet Healing, from Galdi Press. And that's, I think it's on, you can go to Galdi Press, G-A-L-D-E, or you can go to uh, Amazon if you like. Now, what is that book about? That's about the symbiotic healing relationship we have with our pets, the way we pet them and the way that they send energy to us and we send energy to them and the real way that living with a pet will tend to prolong your life and give you better circulation, improve your heart. People just tend to be healthier and live longer. You know, they're using a lot of pets in hospice programs and nursing homes and hospitals and Even prisons, there are a lot of pets that have a lot of love to share. Is your book about healing people or healing your pet? It's about human-animal bond and how, well, I also talk about how to massage your pet because I am a pet massage therapist. I talk a little bit about that, but it's really grooming them and, and petting them and how you do it. There's certain ways that are better than others, like continuous stroke where one hand starts at the top and by the time it gets to the end, the other hand is beginning at the head. So it's called continuous petting. And then you can do uh, along the, the sides of their body, raking. That's very good. If you have a pet, you know where they like to be petted. The name of your book is Natural Pet Healing. Is that healing yourself or healing your pet? Both. It's a symbiotic condition where you empathically heal each other just the way family members do. Great. And then your other book, the one that's out now, Healing With Your Pet, tell us about that one. It's kind of based on the podcast we did where I interviewed various people. It talks a little bit about that too, and it it gets deeper in that very subject of the human-animal bond and the healthy relationship we have with our pets, the the close bonds we have, and, and what it means to have a pet in your life and the best way to, to wash your dog. <laughs> I tell people, don't don't dress up your cat like a silly person. No? No, no. I used, to, I used to have, there was a little girl who lived across the way from me, and she had this old tomcat. And he, you know, he was a pretty stout cat. She was an all-male cat. And she would dress him up like a little doll. Now, he loved this little girl, but he would run away and <laughs> hang out with the guys across the street because you have to treat him with some dignity, too. Did he make a face like Grumpy Cat when she'd try to dress him up? <laughs> hey, no. I remember I took my dog, Nikki, for a walk once. It was raining, and I thought I should give her a walk, and I didn't have a raincoat for her at that time. So I, I wrapped her with the big black garbage bags, and she gave me a dirty look because she knew those were garbage bags. I mean, they're smart. You know, so I went and got her the yellow one made for dogs. You know, like she looked like the Morton Salt girl, this yellow one. <laughs> but, you know, when, when Nikki died, and she lived a pretty long life, but got to where you know, she'd reached the end, I called up her two previous owners, and the three people who were closest to her in, in her life 
all spent her last day with her. And we took her to the river. We let her wade. She didn't go very far. She just waded up, you know, ways and then sat in the river. And then she couldn't hardly see. So every time a log would go down the river, she'd bark at it like it was an intruder. (laughs) Then I had to carry her up the embankment because her legs were so gone. You know, she had hip dysplasia. And she saw a little bulldog and she flirted with him for a while. Then we took her home and we gave her a big bowl of meatballs. That was her favorite. And that was it. She was happy when she left. Life is full of endings and beginnings, doors opening and closing. But it doesn't have to be sad when they leave. You know, we could celebrate their life and remember all the good times we had together. And there's another pet out there for you. Yeah, and that pet can help us grieve as well. Absolutely. That's the thing about having a pet. I can't even imagine my life without at least one pet. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't imagine my life without. I mean, I don't have a hundred of them for sure, but I usually have at least one. (laughs) Well, I I got up to where they said I was a kennel and I had to get a kennel license. That was difficult. (laughs) You know, I had to rethink that. So I had to actually find homes for some of them. And that's very, very hard. So I would interview people and I would have them sign adoption papers. And if you have to do that, you want to check out where they're going and and check up on them. I had six months check-in period so I could go in and see that they were okay in their new home. That sometimes happens. You have to relocate. But the, the idea of going without your pet to a new location, so many people say, well, I don't think the pet would be good in this new apartment. Well, then you need to find another apartment because that's part of your life. That is part of you, that pet. Right. But sometimes it's not of your control. Sometimes it's not. For example, your health goes down or the health of your partner or in your situation you had to rehome them because you had too many if you think through it though you can always find a neighbor or friend relatives maybe you can hire somebody through an ad to come in and spend some time with them if it's getting to be too difficult for you. And I know a lot of seniors will start traveling. Maybe they go camping or they go on extended trips. Try to bring your pets with you if you can. Uh, A lot of people go boating or hiking. Now, uh, if you're going to be just gone on a boat for the day or even the weekend, that's one thing. But if you're going to be gone on that boat, like I know people who cruise and they go out sailing for like a month, that's a long time for your pet. Yeah. We were just gone for two weeks. You can't take them on a cruise. But I can tell you that, and I'm sure that this probably happened, that when you did have to rehome your pets, your dogs, you probably grieved for them at that point too, right? I mean, you had to go through a grieving process. I grieved even the week that I had to take a business trip and had to put one of them in a kennel. Because when I came back, I found out they didn't have much space. They were in a little carrier. You need to really check these things out if you're going to put them in a daycare or a weekend kenneling situation. You need to really check it out because sometimes they'll say, oh, yeah, they have lots of space, and maybe they don't. They're complicated little critters. They're very sensitive. They trust you completely. And, yes, they're very forgiving, but you do have psychological hurts. A lot of them come with baggage, emotional baggage, when they come to you, and you have to be patient to work through that. Especially if they're rescues, that's for sure. Yes, yes. But it's worth it. It's worth it. We were lucky because both of our rescues didn't come with any... Well, we we had one. So the one that everybody thinks is purebred. We believe that she was used as a breeder dog. 
and then she escaped. And she would not go into the garage. She was afraid of the garage. So we now she's not afraid of the garage anymore, but she, she is still a little hesitant. Yeah, that's something to think about. So when you pick up an older dog, as we say, age-appropriate companion, then you have to think that they come with baggage just like you do. And you have to be patient enough to invest the time to work through it. And it will happen. There will be things that are difficult for them. Like my dog came from a shelter and uh, it had a lot of problems. It couldn't walk on linoleum. It couldn't get near a window. I think it had been abused. You never know. So always start with a quiet voice and get down on your knees to their level, unless you have a horse. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, try to look them eye to eye. Try to be right with them. Don't try to taller than them and in charge. Try to meet them one to one equally. That's what they like. And talk to them gently in a soothing voice. That is great advice. Thank you so much. The time is quickly coming to an end. We could talk all day. I love pets and so do you. (laughs) So before we go, though, let's go ahead and give out your contact information one more time so that people can reach you. And then where can they get your book? Amazon. Amazon carries it. And the name of it again, please, for the listener? Healing with your pet. And how can they contact you? It was through Facebook, right? Facebook.com. B. Brashler. Perfect. And we'll have that in the show notes as well. Vaughn, thank you so much. I really appreciate your coming on the show. It was fun. Yeah, we had a great time. And for the listeners, we'll see you next week on Rock Your Retirement. Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Retirement show. If you are rocking your retirement or know someone who would make a great guest on our show, please send us an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com. Here's one by Michael Blevins. Michael writes, Thanks for making these podcasts. I especially like the series, Taking Care of Your Parents. I've been through the process and wish I had known about your show long ago. Thanks so much, Michael. We are trying to spread the word, so thanks. Wasn't that fun? I'd love for you to leave a review too. And if you don't know how, just go to rockyourretirement.com slash review. And that'll take you to a free video tutorial that shows you how. Oh, wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August, actually August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. 
the monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, Actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, We actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.